Welcome to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast, where they discuss anything football, everything football. This podcast is brought to you by Starshot Bakery and Misuboy SG. Craving for party treats like cakes and cookies in Subang Jaya? Visit starshot.bakery on Instagram. Or would you like tiramisu in Singapore? Visit misuboy.sg on Instagram as well. listeners and welcome to another episode of the Steven Arjun Football Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Misubo SG and Starshark Bakery. The last episode, we had a review of the Copa America as well as the Euro 2020 final, as well as we discussed in depth of Gareth Southgate keep or sack. And today, to round up Season 2, the Euro 2020 special episode, we would like to um, list out our favourite starting 11, player tournament, captain, and so on and so forth. So today's discussion, we'll first off, we'll talk about the starting 11 for each of us, the best starting 11 for Euros. Secondly, is a player or tournament, captain or tournament, and as well as the best surprise team. And last but not least, is the best disappoint, disappointing team. <laughs> and joining me on this podcast today is my co-host Arjun. Arjun, welcome back. Thank you, Stephen. Good to be back again. Uh, very exciting podcast today as well. Yes, we have so much to talk about. Um, and also our guest panel, Cedric. Cedric, welcome back. Thanks for having me back on the possibly the last episode. So <laughs> a bit a bit sad about that. But we did but thinking back, we did manage to I record 16 episodes across three three yeah. weeks. That's that's amazing, you know. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys did a good job, man. <laughs> and also another panel who has been very supportive of this channel, Uday. Uday, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let us, without further ado, let us start today's uh, podcast and discussion. Let us start off with the best starting 11 of Euro 2020s. I think, uh, uh, Arjun, us as a host, I think maybe we, we should start off with our, our choices first. Yeah, Arjun, the floor is yours. Okay, so um, this starting 11, best 11 of the tournament was chosen by uh, Stephen Henry. Uh, it was definitely a difficult choice. It took some time to choose who we thought was the best players. And of course, there were additional restrictions in that. For example, I couldn't pick two left-backs if I wanted to, although I felt that there was uh, left-backs who played better than right-backs. So given in mind all those restrictions, then you had to fit a certain formation as well. Uh, and you had to have a balanced number of uh, defenders, midfielders, and strikers, and so on. Uh, I chose a 4 formation. As my goalkeeper, I went with uh, none other than Donnarumma. Uh, I don't think there's any argument to be made uh, he's the number one choice goalkeeper of the Euro 2020 winning team. Uh, he saved penalty and wrote to helping his team win uh, two penalties. And he's been performing quite well as well throughout the tournament. Uh, yes, granted that throughout the group stages, he didn't have too much to deal with. The centre-back pairing of Cellini and Bonucci in front of him were rock solid. But even then, uh, he has been one of the best performing goalkeepers of this tournament. So he makes it into the best level for me. Uh, speaking about centre-back, as well, I mentioned Bonucci and Cellini. Uh, Bonucci makes it into the best 11 for me, um, ahead of Cellini, because I think Bonucci contributed with goals as well. And over the tournament, uh, although Cellini was the captain, I felt Bonucci was the better performing defender and better performing player overall in the tournament. And so he makes it uh, into my starting 11 as my first centre-back. My second centre-back would be the Manchester United captain, Harry Maguire. Um, 
I think he's performed really well after he came in, uh, made England very solid at the back, alongside John Stones, performed, uh, I mean, made a very solid partnership at the back. Uh, good understanding with Pickford as well, good understanding with Shaw on the left side as well. So I think he deservedly makes it into my best uh, 11 team. At left back, uh, I don't think it will surprise many either. I chose Luke Shaw as my left back. Um, I think it's been a revelation this tournament to him. He has made Josie Borinu eat his words, literally, uh, by performing so well. Whereas at one point, uh, Jose Borinu had been quoted as saying that Luke Shaw played with Jose Borinu's brain and it was just his body out there. Uh, after having enjoyed a double leg break at United early on as a youngster and all the difficulties he had to go through under Jose Borinu as well, I think this uh, tournament kept off a really good season for him. Uh, and yeah, he's performed really well in this uh, England defence, as well as contributing with goals and assists. So he makes it as my first choice left back. For my right back, um, this might surprise a few. Uh, I know there were there are more popular options as well, but I went with uh, Denmark right wing back, Stryker Larsen, as my right back on the best 11 team. To be honest, uh, out of Larsen and Mailer, uh, I would have gone with Mailer, but just to have a balanced team, I went with the right wing back instead. I think Denmark's wingbacks performed really admirably uh, throughout this tournament. Helped really helped them come out to uh, the semi-finals. So I, I think Larson deserves this right-back spot. I think he has been one of the best right-backs in this tournament. Now moving on to midfield. My three in midfield would be Kelvin Phillips, firstly, for England. Uh, he has run the show for England at times alongside Declan Rice. Uh, I could only fit one of them in there and I think Phillips had the edge over Rice. He had very high energy, sort of like a Kante for England, but he also had good range of passing. Uh, I think he set the tone for England's pressing at times. Uh, he was a very good, very valuable member of the squad, so much so that Jordan Henderson had very limited game time. So I think Felix Dizavani uh, also is in the best 11. Alongside him in midfield, uh, the other centre midfielder I would choose for the 18-year-old Benji for Spain. Uh, I think he has really come alive in this tournament as well showcased his abilities for the world to see. And he, is, he was a shining light in the Spain midfield. Uh, even in the, in the losing semi-final match against Italy, uh, I think he played really well. So he is also in my best 11. For attacking midfield, uh, this player that I showed isn't strictly attacking midfielder, he's actually a winger. But I, I had nowhere else to fit him in, in my uh, starting 11. So I'm going with Dersgaard as my center attacking midfield. I think he has performed for uh, Denmark. Uh, really well in the absence of Christian Eriksen. He has come in for Eriksen, uh, performed really well, scored a free kick against England as well. Uh, what a tournament he had. I think he is also deservedly in, in my best 11. Now going through the forward line. Uh, my, for my right wing, there's another Italian player, Chiesa, who has at times carried the Italian attack. Uh, Italy not having a centre-forward who's informed, he, they had to rely on their wingers, and the likes of Chiesa truly delivered for them. I think he's had a really good tournament, very informed, caused problems to England as well. And yeah, he's my right winger. As for the left winger, uh, I think I couldn't look past. There were some really good left wingers in this tournament, uh, without a doubt. But I couldn't look past Sterling. I think uh, in the early part of the matches, when England's attack was struggling to connect, he single-handedly, his goal single-handedly dragged England through. And he has been a shining star in this tournament as well, despite not having a good domestic season. So I think 
he's a definite nail down left wing spot in the best 11. And as for the striker, um, this uh, might be an odd choice for some as well, considering this uh, striker didn't go far in the tournament. It is Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, just due to the fact that he won the Golden Boot, uh, he was the only one scoring the goals for Portugal. Uh, I think it's a deserved uh, place in the final 11 for you. Yes, he didn't go past uh, the round of 16, but having said that, his goals definitely helped Portugal and he won the Golden Boot. So he has a deserved place in the starting level as well. So I think that was my starting level. And my starting level for this. Yeah. Good, 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 good analysis there, Arjun. I think uh, my contribution is, you know, uh, um, actually this one is done out by Arjun. My contribution was to change out uh, substitute Kane. Actually, actually Arjun's choice was uh, striker is Kane, Harry Kane. But I said um, Ronaldo should be a better choice given the fact that um, he, you know, he is a good book winner and and you know, if you if you were to put for this tournament, you know, coming to this tournament, if you were ask me to choose between Ronaldo and Kane, I would choose Ronaldo because even at the age of thirty over, you know, you still you still trust him to to, to get you the goals. Yeah. Um. Uh. Cedric, how about your best eleven of the tournament, and what is the formation? So I'm gonna go with a four-three-three, just like uh, you guys, because uh, that was the winning formation of this tournament. So best to go with it. And uh, I'm going to cheat a bit because uh, <laughs> it was really, really hard to choose between. So as I choose who my best one is, I'm just going to give a bunch of honorable mentions as I, as I get there. I hope you don't mind. Um, okay, so for goalkeeper, uh, I think Courtois was amazing against uh, Portugal. And Pickford uh, won the Golden Glove deservedly. But just like you guys, I'm going to go with Donnarumma, whose name I'm getting uh, able to say clearer now <laughs> with, with uh, every time I every time I talk about Italy, so that's good. Um, I'm also agreement with you. I'm putting Shaw in left-back, although like there were like five amazing left-backs during this tournament, but you can only choose one. And my one is uh, Shaw over the likes of like Spinozola or Thorgan Hazard or Mile or Zuber. Um, so um, in my centre midfield, as uh, centre defence, uh, Bonucci, we, we share that as well. I think he's been uh, better than Cellini too. Like in Cellini's absence, uh, Bonucci was able to uh, command this Italian team. So I think he deserves uh, mad props. And if it wasn't for him uh, going for the ball, England would be singing it's coming home right now. So he would be not only my, my, uh, my center back, uh, first choice center back, he would also be my captain of this team. And uh, beside him, it's a bit odd because both of them are right-footed. So it's very weird to put this guy on the left-hand side of Bonucci. But uh, I'm going to put Christensen here. I think Christensen has been the best uh, Denmark uh, uh, centre-back. Although Simon Kier has done a good job, but I just personally prefer Christensen more. Uh, that He's more versatile. He, he, he's more comfortable with the ball. And uh, I think in terms of uh, defending, uh, he I felt more assured with Christensen at the back compared to Kier. Not to say Kier was bad, but uh, Christensen was just more assured in his play in terms of defending as well. Shout out to Harry Maguire and also shout out definitely to Chilini, who's also would have been considered here. Uh, for right back, uh, I'm not going to go with uh, uh, Stryger. This is where we differ as well. I'm going to go with Thomas Munier from uh, Belgium. And if I compare this to my World Cup starting 11, he's the only person who has kept his place. Uh, the other 10 from my World Cup uh, uh, two years, three years ago is different, but Munier is still the same. Um, so uh, I think he's been great. 
uh, he wasn't even supposed to be starting for Belgium. Like he was supposed to be Castagne from uh, Leicester, but uh, he came in and he did his job. So good on him. Uh, he he uh, uh, managed to uh, uh, keep the uh, Belgian team stabilized. Like uh, this Belgian team was losing a lot of injured players, and he was able to uh, calm the ship, uh, uh, make sure that the ship wasn't so rocky. And uh, he got managed to get a goal as well. So I think he's probably going to uh, retire as one of the most underrated right backs uh, in the game. And uh, if he wasn't this old, I would have actually wanted him that Spurs. Uh, next, we move into center midfield. So my deepest uh, uh, defender, eh, sorry, my deepest midfielder will be a defensive midfielder. And I'm going to go with Denmark's Hoybjerg. Um, and the thing about Hoybjerg is that during this tournament, he didn't just uh, show his defensive capabilities. He had a knack for assisting goals as well. And uh, hopefully he can bring more of that into his game in the Spurs too. Although uh, the main uh, point of having Hoybjerg in, in your team is to be a ball winner, to be a destroyer of your, your opponent's play. So he'll be my deepest uh, uh, midfielder and he'll also be my vice captain if I have to sub Bonucci out. Then beside Hoybjerg, I'm going to put two, uh, two um, Park Jisang type players who just run up and down and do anything I tell them to because they're young. So first is going to be Pedri on the left-hand side. So Pedri uh, uh, helped to run the uh, Spanish midfield. And against uh, Italy, who had a really good midfield, he was able to run circles around them. So uh, I, I think uh, th uh, he has a great future ahead of him. I'm excited to see what Pedri does. Uh, I just hope that no one compares him too much with uh, Xabi and Xavi Alonso and Iniesta. Like, guys, slow down. He is a different kind of player. Please let him breathe. Let him be his own man. Uh, because we have seen cases of, you know, uh, shining brightly as a young kid and then fading out later. So uh, hopefully uh, he'll be as good uh, moving forward too. And uh, on Hoiberg's on right, I'm going to go with uh, an Italian player because you have to, like this Italian team is amazing. So I'm going to go with Barella, who I think is uh, the most underrated midfielder in the Italian team. So because I've seen many... Uh, starting 11s where they put Jorginho in, who I'm not a big fan of, although I admit, admit he's good-ish. Um, Verratti, I saw Verratti mentioned uh, at times, and I personally was teasing with maybe Locatelli, although Locatelli didn't play many games, so I ultimately couldn't put him in. But Barella, he's, uh, he just runs up and he's almost like uh, Pedri in a way, where he's just uh, marshalling the uh, uh, midfield, like he's not in charge of it, like uh, Jorginho's in charge of the midfield, but uh, he's, he's, he plays his part in that midfield uh, of controlling games. And uh, although the likes of uh, Switzerland and Turkey and Wales were giving them room, okay, he, I can't remember if he played against Wales, but like gave them room, gave him room to play. Like he was still uh, great with the ball. So uh, I'm, I'm very happy to put Barella in uh, as the Italy representative in this uh, midfield. And up front, uh, on my left wing, I'm going to go with Damsgaard. So we have another commonality in that. Uh, came in for Christian Eriksen. We were doubting him because I had never heard of Damsgaard before. And uh, it, it was almost like Christian Eriksen was never gone because he's, he contributed as much as Christian Eriksen would have uh, contributed uh, to. Uh, some argue, uh, arguably even more than what Christian Eriksen might give at times. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to what Damsgaard do in the future and uh, probably too soon to get him at Spurs now because Son is still there. But... Uh, yeah, Spurs will be smart to 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 get Damsgaard in the future. Um, if uh, if they want to capitalize on his talent, 
uh, scored a goal, not just uh, scored a couple of goals and scored the only free kick in the tournament. Um, also assisted, so it wasn't just about scoring, he also looked out uh, to create uh, chances for his uh, teammates as well. And on the right wing, it's going to be a choice that's going to get people to scratch their heads, but uh, I don't care. I, uh, this, team, this is actually one of my favorite teams to watch during, in this tournament, which is Ukraine. And I'm going to go with uh, Yamalenko from, uh, uh, from West Ham. So he's, he's actually a real captain, which is why I also put him in, because uh, I think he's been a great uh, uh, a leader for the Ukraine. Uh, too bad there's no Yamalenko at the back. That's why Ukraine has been letting in goals. But uh, up front, when it comes to leading the team uh, in attack, uh, Yamalenko has been doing a great job. He even scored a great goal against Netherlands. Uh, so he would be very in in my attack because uh, my attack is quite young. So his experience would be very helpful. And my striker, uh, I think Ude will agree with me on this uh, because while both of you were uh, while Steven and uh, Arjun both of you were fighting over Kane and Ronaldo, uh, my striker is actually going to be Patrick Schick from uh, Czech Republic. Uh, but, but most of it was actually uh, penalties. I think it was three penalties. Uh, Schick actually like did the leg work and uh, scored from open play and uh, scored that amazing goal against Scotland as well. So I'm actually really excited to see what Schick does moving forward. Like he, uh, I don't want to compare him with Milan Boros because they're completely different players. But uh, he could be the next, like uh, it, not in terms of playing style, but in terms of the next star, he could be the next Milan Boros out of uh, Czech Republic. And uh, Czech Republic is actually one of the uh, more surprising teams we will talk about later. Um, and he's a big part of it. So yeah, he's going to be leading my line. So that will be my 11. <laughs> Well, very, very few, uh, uh, how to say, some amazing choices and some like out of the blue, you know, like people like Yamalenko, Patrick Schick, <laughs> that came out of nowhere. But interesting yeah. choices. No, no, no doubt, no doubt. Um, Uday, your turn. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether I can beat both of your starting 11s, but I'll try. I'll try my best. <laughs> so my goalkeeper, so my formation is going to be 4-3-3 as well. My goalkeeper is someone I mentioned in the last podcast, Jens Sommer. He helped Switzerland go up to the quarterfinals of the Euros. He had a 70% save percentage. And although he considered nine goals, I think if your opposition goalkeeper thinks that you deserve to win the man of the match performance, he's definitely someone you should take into consideration as one of the best goalkeepers that happened in the whole tournament. So... Jan Sommer is my goalkeeper for the tournament. Just because I think for the sheer volume of shots and the oppositions that they had to play with, they played against Spain, they played against France, they played against Italy and Wales. So, shout out to Jan Sommer. And then for my right back, Kufal, Vladimir Kufal. I think I've spoken about him at the start, how I find him very interesting. Kufal of Czech Republic, he had one assist and... 0.9 0.9 expected assists overall. So he was very attacking right back. And I really want to see where his future holds after West Ham and what next season brings for him, especially in Europe. For my centre-back, it will be Leonardo Bonucci. I think three clean sheets. Whatever both of you spoke about Italy's defence is going to be repeated same by me. They were really strong. He was really good. He showed leadership quality. He even scored a goal in the final. So there's nothing much for me to speak regards to this. I have a very interesting choice with the centre-back partnership for Bonucci is Delhi Blind. 
Um, then he played played for Netherlands. He had two clean sheets. Netherlands defensively they were really solid up to the point. Even though the first game was bad, but the other two games they were pretty defensively solid. And I thought that he played very well in the games in which he was brought on. So Deli Blind is my part is partnering Bonucci here. And for the left back, I would have to agree. Luke Shaw played really well. Has been performing out of his skin recently after breaking his leg. Scored the goal in the final. Definitely gave a hope to England in which he could bring it home. So now back to now moving to the midfield line. I am going to talk about Hoiberg. He's my three-man midfield. He had three assists throughout the whole tournament. He had one expected goal. He had 3.47 shot creating actions per 90 minutes. So even though he was a deep-lying midfielder or a midfielder, he's still very attacking, which is something I prefer. I like my players moving forward and defend as well. So Hoiberg will be partnering Pedri. I know Cedric just said don't compare him to Iniesta or Xavi, but he is the next Iniesta or Xavi. And I'm going to curse Pedri right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, but seriously, Pedri was great. I think I told even the last podcast how his pass completion against Italy, he almost had a 100% pass rate up to the extra, extra time in which he displaced one pass. So that's that. And my third midfielder is going to be someone none of you mentioned. is Paul Pogba. He was undoubtedly one of my favorite midfielders throughout the whole uh, tournament because, I mean, may- maybe a bit of French biasness, but he single-handedly carried the French team. It was him trying to spring the ball forward. It was him trying to bring Mbappe into play. It was him who assisted Benzema's goal. So Pogba is my third midfielder and he played really well in most of the games. Even the game in which he lost, he was still the shining star. And unfortunately, we lost because of because Pogba's mistake. It's fine. We'll move. We'll move past the mistake. And now moving on to the forward line. Raheem Sterling is my left winger. Three goals, one assist, two point four expected goals, and zero point seven expected assists. He played really well. I think the only game in which he didn't play really well was against Italy. But that also, he still was able to charge at the Italian defence, which I found was very interesting and still was one of the best attacking outputs for England there. And my right winger will be Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, you can swap sides between Sterling and Ronaldo. It's no difference. But Ronaldo scored five goals, had one assist, definitely carried Portugal all the way up to the quarterfinals. And sorry, round of 16 or round of 16? Sorry, round of 16. So he did really well. And finally, up top will be Agreed with Cedric. Patrick Schick is my striker. He's got five goals. He's got a goal of the tournament. There's nothing else much to add on here. How did both of you agree on Patrick Schick? Did you all discuss beforehand? <laughs> no, uh, last week when uh, when uh, Arjun asked who was our favourite forward, both of us said Schick. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, um, now let's move yeah, on right. to the player... Okay, now let's move on to the player of the tournament. Um, Arjun, who's your player of the tournament? This, again, uh, I think it was a very, very hard choice. Um, mm. But I was going to go with Bonucci. Probably a surprising choice. But I think, uh, yeah, in the absence of Chiellini, uh, even despite Chiellini, he was a real leader at the back, uh, well-marshaled the defence, 
scored a crucial goal for Italy. Uh, yeah, although it, it might not be as glamorous as uh, certain other teams, but I think Bonucci performed really well and uh, impressed me in both defensively and uh, offensively. So I think he's my player of the tournament. Yeah, okay. Um, Ude, your choice? Very tough question you posed to me. If I had to choose one particular player, I think it would be Damsgaard. He replaced Christian Eriksen really well and uh, managed to take Denmark all the way up to semi-finals. Not single-handedly, of course, but managed to take him all the way up there. So it would definitely be Damsgaard for me. Um, Cedric? I'm going to be uncreative and I'm going to steal from uh, Arjun. <laughs> I-, I think Bonucci as well. Uh, it's funny because like when Donnarumma won player of the tournament, I was like, what? Like, I'm sure there were better players. I'm like, oh no, they weren't. <laughs> so, so I almost went with Donnarumma as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, because I, uh, because bon- uh, what I mentioned about Bonucci just now, everything I said, uh, that's the reason why he's the best player. So I'm going to go with uh, Bonucci and uh, Donnarumma close second. Yeah, uh, yeah, very good choice. Um, uh, for myself, I'm kind of torn between three players. Donnarumma. Uh, Donna Did I pronounce it correctly? Then Luigi Donnarumma. Yeah, Donnarumma and Jorginho. Yeah, yeah. And you'll get there. One of, <laughs> and one surprise choice is probably Jordan Pickford. Um, why I choose him, at least so eventually I go with Pickford. Why I choose him as my player of the tournament is because uh, I didn't expect him to perform this well in this tournament. And, and it's because of that expectation was set so low that he achieved, you know, he played so well that, you know, kind of surprised me. And he kept five clean sheets against three group stages, knock knockout round against Germany and Ukraine. And also, um, you know, he considered only two goals in normal time. And yeah, um, coming from Everton, you know, I have always doubted, uh, doubted his quality as a goalkeeper. But in, in this, this tournament, he really made me change my my, you know, my viewpoint uh, towards this uh, Jordan Pickford. Yeah. Okay, Um. let's move on now to captain of the tournament, Arjun. I think there's no real other choice other than uh, Simon Kier from Denmark. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, don't, I think this is going to be a, quite a common answer. So, yes. just, just, I mean, just to be different, I'll choose uh, an additional one as well. Uh, other than Simon Kier, uh, for the leadership quality, I think Fellini definitely. Uh, Trua, his leadership quality can be seen as well. Uh, very passionate captain. His antics against uh, Jordi Alba in the semi-final against Spain probably won them the sh- a penalty shootout. Uh, that's the common consensus. But yeah, I think I was. Everyone knows like what a good captain Fellini is. Uh, so other than Simon K, uh, he is who I would choose. Okay. Um, Uday, your choice. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, if I had to choose uh captain of the tournament, I think Harry Kane. Um, I think because he peaked right on form, and then of course he disappeared at the end, but he was able to carry England forward up to the final, and definitely uh the Kiliani as well. So. Those are my two choices for captain of the tournament. Yeah, good choices. Um, uh, Cedric, your choice. 
my top two actually matches uh, what Arjun uh, mentioned. So it's going to be Kia and uh, Chilini. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give my third and fourth. So my third is going to be uh, Suchak from Czech Republic. It really killed me that I couldn't put Suchak in my, in my uh, not only in my starting line, he's not even in my 26-man squad. And, uh, and Suchet has been so important for this Czech Republic team. So I think he's been really, uh, I think he's been really, really good uh, to, to bring this Czech Republic team forward. So he'll be my third. And my fourth is going to be the guy who knocked out front, which is uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Granit Xhaka. <laughs> um, like I was making fun of him like, oh, he only changed his hair color. Like that's, that's his leadership quality. Uh, that's the only change he's making. But then he, he really stepped up in that game against France and uh, he really proved a lot of people wrong. Uh, even proving Arsenal wrong uh, for how they've been playing him, like playing him at the back. Uh, when we know that, you know, his best moments are always up front. So, uh, yeah, those will be my third and fourth. But uh, first and second, exactly the same as uh, Arjun. Yeah, uh, good choices there. A lot of people actually prove Arsenal wrong, um, i.e. Uh, Serge Gnabry, Emi Martinez, to name a few. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, my choice is, yeah, same yeah, as Arjun, you know. Yeah, um, uh, Kielini as well as someone Kie. Of course, Kie is the first choice, uh, uh, you know, his leadership quality shown um, throughout the first round of the tournament, you know. Uh, you know, asking his players to form a, form a ring around Christian Eriksen is probably not something that everybody would thought of. Yeah, so immense leadership quality there, yeah. All right. Um. Next is the best surprise team. Uh. Maybe we go with Cedric first. Okay. So. Uh. My most. Uh. There. There are a few surprises in this tournament for sure. Like. Uh. Uh. I. I'm not gonna say any country just in case you say them. So I'm just gonna say one. And uh, the most surprising team for me this tournament is going to have to be uh Switzerland, because Switzerland is always this round of sixteen team. They always uh do well in the group stages. Then uh, they'll reach the round 16 and that, that's where they lose, regardless of whether it's an easy opponent or a hard opponent. They've lost against easy opponents in the round 16 as well in the past. Um, so the fact that they managed to get over that hurdle and against probably their hardest opponent uh, ever in the round of 16 game, uh, kudos to them. Like, uh, and against Spain, they also gave Spain a hard game in that quarterfinal. So it showed that they weren't even happy with that uh, quarterfinals uh, finish. They wanted to go even further than that. Uh, so Switzerland is definitely uh, the biggest surprise for me and uh, uh, a good tournament for them overall. Yeah, good choice. Um, Uday, your choice. Czech Republic is my choice uh, mm. as the surprise team of the tournament because mm. they not only came out of a group that had England and Croatia in it, they also were able to beat Netherlands and they only got defeated by a Danish team who was really excited and very pumped up to go up to the final. So, Czech Republic is my surprise team of tournament here. Okay, um, Arjun. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I have a different choice in mind uh, than Cedric and Ode. I know uh, it, this team is probably not a surprise team for Cedric since he predicted them to reach the semifinals in the first place. Yeah, I'm going to say Denmark. Uh, Cedric predicted them to reach the semi-finals, but to me, uh, it was a surprise that they reached the semi-finals, especially after losing the first two group games. Um, I, ne I never backed them to make it past the quarterfinals, to be honest. Uh, I thought that was probably their ceiling, but kudos to this Denmark team. 
very exciting team. Uh, really good young players uh, combined with experience as well. Uh, they were really nice to watch. Played some really exciting football through their wingbacks and uh, the likes of Damstad and Goldberg as well. So yeah, Denmark is my surprise team of the tournament. Yeah, great choice. Um, the surprise team of the tournament for me is uh, actually England. You know, I always feel that you know the media, English media, overhype them how of, of how good they are. You know, and you know, and also you know the fact that they couldn't score, they only they could only score two goals throughout the group stages justified my reasoning. And you know, looking ahead to the Germany game, I actually predicted them to to, to be knocked out. And <laughs> I still feel that you know they are, uh, yeah, overhyped So considering the fact that they managed to finish all the way to the final and brought Italy fight or fought with Italy throughout the 90 minutes and extra time and it went uh, all the way to the penalties. Uh, it was a good achievement for England. Yeah, so they are my surprise of the tournament. Okay, the next one is, last but not least, is the best or the most disappointing team. Cedric, your choice. So I, I think you guys are going to choose uh, uh, teams, uh, bigger teams. So I'm going to go with a small team that I had hopes for. They were one of my dark horses and they fell flat. And that's going to be Poland. Uh, I thought like Lewin, not just Lewandowski, because people think of Poland as this Lewandowski team. There are some good players in this Poland team. Like you think about Bednarek from, uh, from Southampton at centre-back. But, and, and even like, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Chesney uh, because he's mean to Spurs. But like, I, can't, I don't doubt that he's a solid goalkeeper. Although, personally, I would have started for Pionski. I mean, I'm just saying. Um, yeah, but... The fact that they lost to Slovakia in that first game, that was the biggest shock of that first round because group stages, it was mostly, everything was mostly going according to plan except for that game. And uh, although Poland actually improved in the next game, they, they drew with uh, Spain. And then they, although they lost to Sweden, it was a hard-fought game, they lost 3-2. But if you, if they had beaten Slovakia, they would have qualified as one of the best third-place teams. You know, they would have replaced mm. Ukraine as one yes, of the best yes. third-place teams. So the fact that, you know, Poland, yeah, yeah, uh, very disappointing. Yeah, um, Uday, your choice. Wasn't Turkey really overhyped at the start of the tournament? So, I don't know. I thought Turkey was also a disappointment. Not by me. Uh, not by you, but I think through the media in general, um, journalists, yep. football journalists. Yep, you're you're right. um, I think Poland, Cedric said very well with Poland. I, I honestly didn't know whether they were going to go through with uh, Sweden and Spain in the in their group, but Poland was a bit disappointing. Um, Belgium, the list can just go on and on. <laughs> but I think, yeah, Poland and Turkey and Belgium, I guess. Okay. Um, Arjun, your choice, please. Yeah, uh, my choice for most disappointing would have to be Portugal. Uh, just because I felt like they had so much talent through the whole team, defense, attack, midfield, but it was still a Ronaldo team. And uh, they weren't able to play well together, uh, probably because Ronaldo was there. Despite him getting uh, top scorer, I think their attack just lacked, lacked the cohesiveness. So I think Portugal will be my answer. Yeah, I have to agree with you here. I also thought about Portugal, you know, the fact that I, I feel they weren't overhyped, but the fact that they had so much, so many star quality players, you know, in the team, and I actually expected them to do more. And also, they also, like, how to say, they barely got through the group stages. Had to, you know, fall hungry to the last minute where they scored three goals near the end of the game. Yeah, so my most disappointing team is, is Portugal itself as well. Okay, um, before we end this series or this season, I want to say thank you so much to 
um, Cedric as well as Uday for joining us throughout this journey. No worries. No worries, man. Yeah, thanks for having <laughs> us on board. Glad we could help out wherever yep. we could. No problem. I hope I hope you all enjoyed your time here as well. <laughs> yeah, we Going did. We definitely did. Yeah, we did. We did. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, listeners, if you have any comment, please do leave us a DM on our Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Steven underscore rock underscore on. And Arjun's Instagram handle is at Reuven Arjun. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by Mr. Boy SG and Starshark Bakery. We'll see you again next time in Season 3 where we'll preview the upcoming English Premier League season. In the meantime, stay safe and bye-bye.